when I was playing, that's what I basically was doing was just expressing my joy. You know, I, I know, I mean, obviously I got used to being in the end zone, but when I got in the end zone, it was still something that I wanted to share with everybody. Even if it was a big catch, a big block, anything, I just wanted to show my joy. Sports Podcast. We are back. I am your host, David Graff. Alongside me is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We really hope that you guys had a safe and fun and spectacular and whatever adjective that you want to describe for your 4th of July weekend. We hope you guys had a good old time. Didn't drink too many cold beers. Stayed away from Miller Lite unless you're Robert or you work at Wild Sports. I guess it's okay if you drink Miller Lite at Wild Sports. Otherwise, I hope those stayed in the case, in the cooler, at the convenience store. I certainly had a fantastic weekend. It was spent on the lake. It was hot. I got a little bit sunburned. I burned a large portion of skin on my forearm on an alpine slide so that just came right off so that was a good time uh other than that though i had a lot of fun how about you robert well you got a bash on the miller lights david i don't know i did drink a lot of cold miller lights yeah good weekend man great weekend why aren't you wearing any sunscreen you know it's going to be sunny down there in sunny, sunny California. I had sunscreen on. It just, like, it got the top of my legs when I was sitting in the boat. You know how that goes. Brutal, man. I'm sorry to hear that. But, yeah, excited to be back. We had a week off. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July. I'm really excited to get this Ryan Yarbrough interview out to everybody. We, had, we interviewed him a couple weeks back. We were going to put the interview out last week we didn't get around to it we wanted to take a week off but i'm excited for the listeners to hear yarborough and listen to him talk about his new book which he's really excited about i'm really excited about and everyone else should be excited about as well yeah former university of wyoming wide receiver and Former NFL Pro wide receiver Ryan Yarborough joined us. He's kind of the last edition of our Poke Pro series. We we had scheduled the interview before. We filled out the month of June to finish our entire month of Poke Pros. Hope you guys enjoyed. Larry Nance, Jacob Hollister, Mitch Donahue, and Tony McGee. Those were all fun interviews, but... This interview with Ryan Yarborough might take the cake. We had a fantastic time interviewing him, so we'll get that for you coming up as well. Also in this edition of the Y.O. Sports Podcast, Y.O. Sports' Michael Katz talked with Wyoming AD Tom Berman. Tom Berman doesn't sound as determined to have a fall football season as he did just a few short weeks ago when he sat down with Michael Katz before. We'll talk about that, talk about what he said. And then 
I told you on the last episode of the podcast with Mitch Donahue that we were going to reach out to every single Wyoming high school football coach in the state to see who we should be paying attention to this fall season. We've gotten quite a few responses, but we're going to share our first one today. It should be special to Robert's heart. It's his alma mater. Coach Chad Goff got back to us, told us about one key individual that we should be keying in on, that we should be focused on, that deserves some praise and deserves some recognition. So we're here to give that to him, and we'll talk about that on the back half of the podcast, as well as we'll give you what Coach Goff says about this kid in particular. I'm very excited for that. Almost as excited as Tom Berman was not that long ago when he sat down with Michael Katz to talk about this upcoming football season. But then Michael Katz talked to him again, released an interview with him again today. You can check that out on wyosports.net. He told Katz, Tom Berman, that it's 50-50 for a fall football season. That's not nearly as confident as he was once once upon a time. So that was kind of startling, kind of eye-opening. We were celebrating just a, a few weeks ago as well. Wyoming had no positive COVID-19 tests when student-athletes returned to campus just at the beginning of June. So this really seems like it's coming out of nowhere unless you've been following other athletic administrators and coaches around the country who have not been as confident as A.D. Berman had been. So for me, it was sobering. It was certainly sobering to read that, read what he told Michael Katz. And honestly, I kind of feel the same way. It does. It's trending in the wrong direction. Sports in general, just the comments from professional athletes in the NBA and MLB, as well as MLS is starting on Wednesday tonight with their return to action. And they've already seen some stars pull out of their, their return. And there've been plenty of MLB and NBA players who have withdrawn from this season. So I just, I don't know. I really don't. I can only imagine what's going through student-athletes' minds. Most of them are going to be okay. I, I'm i going to put that out there. Yes, their health concerns are severely limited in terms of they're probably going to recover from COVID-19. So I'm not saying that they should be worried about catching COVID-19, but they should be. It's It's, you know, you're getting sick and nobody wants to get sick. Nobody. I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel. I'm scared for football this offseason. I just, I don't know. It's rough, David. Really sucks for these UW student athletes. I mean, I feel bad for them. Um, I know we talked about the first round of testing that the university did on the athletic department, and there were zero cases, and now just, Almost two weeks ago, there was another round of testing, phase two of testing, and there were 94 student athletes who were tested, and again, zero positive results. 
bringing the total to 262 people who have tested negative for COVID-19 at the University of Wyoming. And that just, you got to feel bad for those players, all those student athletes. They're putting the grind and they're making sure that they're staying healthy and they may not be able to compete this season. Yeah, UW's student athletes and administrators are doing all of the right things. They're doing everything that they're supposed to be doing. So it's it's going to be tough if there's not a football season this fall. It sounds it sounds like it's more and more likely that spring football is going to be happening. It'll be interesting to see playing a game in March or February in Laramie. Man. I don't know. If I'm a new recruit coming in, I don't know if I quite signed up for that. Well, I don't know. It might be a little bit warmer. I don't know. Maybe those guys were prepped to play in the snow. You're definitely due to get some classic snow games, a la Josh Allen in the border war in his final year in Laramie when the snow was coming down. Nobody was catching the ball. Nobody was carrying the ball. It was just kind of Josh Allen, backyard football, running around in a circle. He was doing what he does best right there. That was a great game. Crowd crowd left? Too cold? No, you got to stay for the whole game. You got to stay for the whole game when it's a game like that. I just don't know. My experience at University of Wyoming as a student – February and March were always the toughest snow months. We actually, when we were in school, there was a blizzard that canceled a day of school at the University of Wyoming. Now, I know you're probably listening and you're like, no way. They didn't cancel classes at the university. They canceled classes. The snow was so bad at some points. So I don't know weather forecasts for next week in Laramie let alone February or March. So I'm just, I'm not going to go there quite yet, but it it would, it would give me pause, maybe shudder a little bit, just thinking about it. If I had to go out there and play football, they'll be fine. You know, all of these interviews that we've had, all these former university of Wyoming athletes, now professional athletes, what do they always say? They said what it means to them to be a cowboy is being cowboy tough. So, Got to be, got to be tough out there. Grind out that cold weather. You just got to cowboy up. You're right. You got to be tough. Got to be strong. That's what it's all about. Cowboy up, baby. Speaking of interviews, let's just get right to it. Ryan Yarbrough on this edition of the Wyo Sports Podcast, our final installment, a late installment, a late edition to the poke pros series. We were very excited to have him talked all about his time at the university of Wyoming. We talked about his new book that he has written. Robert has ordered a copy and he can't wait to read the whole thing. So I'm excited for that. Excited to get his notes. Maybe we'll do a little book club on the Wyo sports podcast. First, first installment of the book club is Ryan Yarbrough's new book. He'll talk to you all about that. And I apologize. We kind of blanked. We were running low on time. We did not ask him at all about his pro career. But you should 
be thrilled listening to him talk about his time in Laramie. He loves Wyoming. It's unbelievable how much he likes Wyoming. He's pumped up to talk to us about his tenure as a Wyoming Cowboy. He talked about what being a Cowboy means to him, just like everyone else did. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview, and we'll talk to you on the other side about maybe a future University of Wyoming Cowboy. All right, we are very excited now to be joined by, after a few technical difficulties probably brought on by myself, we have four-year NFL veteran and superstar Wyoming wide receiver, Ryan Yarborough. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm well. I'm well, Dave. How about yourself? I can't complain. It's another yeah. beautiful day to be alive. So let's just get it started. We've asked pretty much everybody that is a former University of Wyoming Cowboy, basically, especially you, since you're originally from the Chicago area, how did you make it out west to Wyoming? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's something a lot of people still ask me to this day. But um, I basically, well, Chicago had a connection with Wyoming, even way back to Black 14, okay? And it was somewhere that a um, couple of guys that I and those guys that were already down there made a connection with each other as well. And for obvious reasons, I was a receiver and I wanted to get the ball, okay? Wyoming was doing very well at that particular time. And lastly, I'm the oldest of seven, so I wanted to get as far away from the house as possible. (laughs) And fortunately, everything worked out. (laughs) Yeah, it certainly did work out. What was your first impression when you stepped on campus? Uh-huh. Well, uh, like I said, it was it was different, obviously. It was different for me. But when you have family and you have other people that have already been there and have laid down some of the trail for you, then it was you know, it wasn't as bad. But it obviously was different. Uh, you know, went on the good old snowmobiling trip with, with uh Mad Dog and you know, everything was everything was A OK with me. Was that the first time you'd ever done anything like that? Rode a snowmobile or something along that sort? Absolutely, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I wasn't I wasn't even gonna get on because you know, man dog has thousand and one rules. So I was contemplating on even getting on the snowmobile. But uh to answer your question, yes, I've never been on anything remotely like a snowmobile before I came on my trip. Kind of adding to that, I saw a picture of you once on a horse during your junior year at UW. Is that the first time? Oh man, man you bring it, yeah, you bring up some good stuff, man. Yeah, actually, that was the second time I've been on a horse, but I never ridden a horse before because the first time I was on a horse was my trip that I took to Louisville because Louisville was recruiting me. Basically, it was going to be between Wyoming and Louisville. And when I went to Louisville, once again, like Mad Dog, uh, they had us on horses and we were going to ride through the, like the forest preserve. And they were given a thousand and one rules again. And I was totally unfamiliar with the horse. So I kindly raised my hand and suggested that I do not want to ride on this horse. I will wait 
until everyone else gets back. So, but yeah, that was the second time. And that was part of the reason why that was for the campaign, Y'all Grow Country campaign, when I was on that horse. And that's part of the reason why that campaign didn't go through because the horse kept moving and it was a very uncomfortable situation. That's, that's great stuff there, man. Um, so about your playing days, you set five NCAA records. You tied two others during your time at Wyoming. What do you think it was that made you so dynamic? Do you think it was your speed, combination of um, everything? What was it? Yeah, yeah. I like to say a combination because I've never been a track guy or anything like that. I was always baseball. I was I was year-round. Played baseball, basketball, and football. And football was the sport that I played the least of. Okay, I played the most of it around the house. And growing up, both my father and my uncle played college football. So that was just kind of something that was ingrained in my, you know, in my blood as far as being a football player. So when everything happened at Wyoming, it was just a combination of uh, the offense. Um, me being able to showcase my talents and just being in a great environment. I give a lot of a lot of publicity, or not publicity, but a lot of props to Coach Corpus, uh, rest in peace. He was a guy, he was another Chicago guy. He came out with, uh, well, my father and my uncle, they were the same, came out in the same years. And um, he he helped me out. You know, he was able to exploit my talents, and uh, everything else was history after that. played basketball and baseball growing up. I heard yeah. you mention that basketball is your favorite sport. So how did yeah. you chose to take that football route out of high school? Well, it was all about opportunity. <laughs> um, football and baseball. I got I had at least 12, at least 12 uh, letters in baseball from, from different uh, organizations that were they were recruiting me and they were watching me. So it was it was kinda of pick and choose. But when it came to basketball, I knew that that wasn't gonna be my long term uh situation. Uh, I knew football would be the one that was gonna take me where I needed to go. That's why I chose football. It certainly took you. You were a two time all American in your time in Laramie do you remember any of that at the time? Was it like, wow, this is kind of crazy? I didn't think I would be this good. <laughs> no, man, I'm the type of guy that, that there is no limit when it comes to it, when it comes down to it. I I just expect to keep going and putting in work and numbers and everything like that. That's just, uh, this shows the work that I put in. And fortunately, I was able to, not miss any games, not, you know, not have any injuries, any serious injuries to keep me out of games, put it that particular way, because I was always hurt. But it was just a motivational thing for me. Uh, I knew I wasn't at, um, like, Michigan or Notre Dame or USC or anything like that. So I knew that I had to keep going and keep going and keep going to get to where I wanted to go, which was the NFL. So I got to ask um... – you play with so much swag and you play with so much joy. <laughs> is there is there a receiver in today's game who kind of reminds you of yourself on the field? Oh, man. Uh, anybody, anybody that pretty much can 
go for 95 yards on the field anytime they catch the ball. Now the game is a little more open because I can uh, – I mean, not because I, but because of the guys, they can express themselves a little more. And when I was playing, that's what I basically was doing, was just expressing my joy. You know, I, I know – I mean, obviously I got used to being in the end zone, but when I got in the end zone – it was still something that I wanted to share with everybody. Even if it was a big catch, a big block, anything, I just wanted to show my joy because, one, we helmets, okay? And everybody could didn't know who you were. So I wanted to be able to, hey, this is me. We're having fun out here. And, you know, and we're winning at the same time because, I, I mean, I was blessed to play with a lot of good players at Wyoming, a lot of Hall of Fame guys. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys that, um, that are doing successful things still to this day. But as far as one receiver, I'll, I'll put it this way. My favorite receiver in the NFL right now is Julio Jones. Put it to you that way. For a lot of is reasons. There a re- oh, okay, a lot of reasons. Um, <laughs> I got to ask you, watching, yeah. watching your uh, highlight reels and everything, you're always celebrating. You're just yeah. so much yeah. So much excitement when you score. Does it kind of bother you that they kind of take that away in the NFL nowadays? Well, yeah, it kind of does because it's a form of expression. Okay. And in the NFL, you know, obviously you have to uh, wear the same same uniform. You have to, and what I mean by that is there are certain codes and certain rules and regulations for that particular way. And it's hard for you to be able to express yourself when you are, you know, when you're in the matrix, when you just another, okay, another number, another color, another, uh, another person out there on the field and you can't separate yourself. But by being, by football being a team sport, you know, you're not supposed to individualize, you know, quote unquote, individualize yourself and bring attention on yourself. But once again, I like to express myself and I like seeing guys express themselves because you put in so much work, you put in so much sweat, you put in so many tears, put in so many hours in the training room, in the, in the meeting rooms. When you do something successful, you're supposed to be able to celebrate it. Okay. And that's, that's how I always believe. And that's how I was brought up, you know, just like being in the hall of fame. I'm grateful that I'm in the hall of fame once but I'm even more grateful that I'm able to enjoy being in the Hall of Fame while I'm living, too, okay? Because I don't like being celebrated after, you know, after I'm not here anymore. So I'm all for the excitement and the enjoyment and the celebrations on the field. Yes, I am. What was that moment like when you first learned that you would be in the Hall of Fame? Oh, man, it was a great feeling, man. It was a great feeling. I mean, obviously, I was hoping that one day that I, that I would be in there or that, that I knowing that I should be in there. It was just all about when I was going to get the call, okay? But when I got the call, I was elated to the infinite degree, okay? I'll put it to you that way. But the simple fact, uh, like I said, me coming from where I came from and – overcoming some things at Wyoming. You know, initially, my first couple of years, having to overcome making the transition from coming from Chicago to Wyoming, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do, okay? A lot of guys come and a lot of guys go. So 
when I was able to overcome that and be able to do what I did on the field and what everybody seen, I was more than ecstatic to get that phone call or email. I don't even remember what it was, man. I'd be lying to you if I told you what it was. But the notification, I was ecstatic, to say the least. (laughs) Well, speaking of hard things and overcoming things, I know that you've recently written a book. Can you tell us about that book? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you for bringing that up. Um, The name of my book is called Believe So You Can Achieve. Okay. And I'll tell you a little bit about it, but I want to tell you where you can can get it at before I forget. Because like I said, I'm 49 now, so I have to say things while I'm on my mind. Okay. But it is www.yarbro16.com. And that's just like my panhandle on Twitter and on um, Instagram. That's Y-A-R-B is in boy, R-O, and of course the number one six. Okay, that's still one of my favorite numbers. But it's yarbro16.com. Now, the book, Believe So You Can Achieve, was brought to my attention by my publicist. Uh, she's like, you need to write a book, but I didn't want to write a typical autobiography or anything like that. And if you know anything about me, my my mindset and my background is not just um, not just celebrating on the field or anything like that, but it's also positive mental attitude. Okay. And I apply that into my everyday life, okay, ever since I can remember. And but the book is based off of basic concepts that can help you get to the next level, whatever level you're at, whether you're in high school, trying to go to college, college, trying to get to pros. If you're an executive, trying to branch off and do your own thing. These are some basic principles that help me get to my highest point professionally and will still help me get throughout my daily activities right now as we speak. Sounds great. Uh, I'm glad we could get that message out about your book here on the podcast. Others can uh, check that out. Um, but yes, you love help. You love helping others. You've been a coach. You've been a consultant. You wrote a book on how to help people through life. What inspires mm-hmm. you so much to want to help others? Well, I wouldn't have gotten to where I've gotten and still wouldn't be at where I'm at right now without the help of other people. Okay, just like you asked me about the celebrating on the field, right? I wouldn't have been able to celebrate on the field if my guys up front wasn't blocking for uh, for the quarterback, if the quarterback wasn't able to give me the ball, okay? So I've always known that I can only do so much by myself. But in order for me to get to where I'm trying to go, I always need help, just like we all do, okay? So therefore, if I'm in a position to help others any way that I can, I will always, you know, I will always try to do that. And and that's something I was raised. I was raised, once again, I told you I'm the oldest of seven. So I'm always used to going back and helping people or helping people uh, come along. All right. I want to wrap it up here with these last two questions. Last week on the podcast, we had Mitch Donahue. And I know you guys crossed over a little bit when you were a freshman, oh. do you remember him yeah. at all? 
I'm, I'm going to tell you this, man, and I don't know if you're setting me up with that question, okay? But Mitch is one of my dear friends still to this day. Mitch is the one. I'll put it to you this way. Mitch and Sean Wiggins, okay? Uh, like I told you, I'm the oldest of seven, but in the house, but I was in the streets, I was the youngest. So I always played with people that were older than me and more advanced than me. So when I got to college, I was fortunate to be able to play my freshman year, but with the older guys, I had a social relationship with them too. It wasn't like, uh, get out of here freshman or anything like that because they knew what my mentality was, okay? But Mitch and Sean, and we're talking about Mitch in particular right now, but Mitch showed me what it took to go to the next level. Once again, just like my book, Believe So You Can Achieve. I came to Wyoming knowing that I wanted to go to the NFL, but Mitch was about to go to the NFL when I got there. Okay, we played together for one season. But he showed me what, what it was to work hard, uh, to be a good guy, to stay out of trouble, okay, things of that nature. And his work ethic was second to none. So to answer your question, yes, I know Mitch. Yes, he's still a great personal friend. And I always, any chance I can, I always give praise to Mitch for showing me. And he, he whenever he hears me talk like this, he never knew that I was watching him like that because we didn't play the same position, obviously. But that's my man, to say the least. Yes, I do know Mitch Donahue. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty special. That's really cool that you guys are connected in that way and that you followed those lessons and made it on to the NFL. So I want to wrap it up here. We've asked everybody from this Poke Pros series this question. What does it mean to you to be a cowboy? Hmm. What it means to me to be a cowboy is unity, support, pride, uh, it also means great strength to be a cowboy because in order to be a cowboy, you have to roam the plains, like they said, okay? And you have to take on new territory. And this is something that I still believe in uh, still now to my days that I'm living in. Like I said, I'm 49 years old right now, and I still believe in that. But to be a cowboy is something that I'll cherish the rest of my days because of the friendships that I made and the friendships that I still have. So in a nutshell, that's what being a cowboy to me means. Ryan Yarborough, author, two-time All-American, four-year NFL veteran, 49 years young. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us, Ryan. I appreciate you, Dave and Robert, man. I look forward to uh, hearing the interview and uh, following back up with you and seeing you come come Hall of Fame time. Like I said, I'll be down there for the Hall of Fame. And I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Ryan Yarborough, our final installment for now of the Poke Pro Series. We will certainly have more former professional athletes from the university of wyoming on this podcast don't worry they will be back but for now we might take a break with the poke pro series after giving you five incredible interviews here capped off with ryan yarborough i really enjoyed the time that he was talking about getting on the horse and he's taking pictures 
for his All-American campaign, you know, to get back out there. I love hearing about these behind-the-scenes campaigns that athletic departments put on, the photo shoots that they do. It's all so fascinating to me. So that was really cool to hear him talk about that. I don't know about you, Robert, but what what was your favorite part of the interview? What was the most exciting to learn, to hear about from Mr. Yarborough himself? I think that was my favorite part as well, David. The interesting thing to me right there was that wasn't not the first time he has gotten on a horse being from Chicago is what he said. So I was surprised by that. Check out his book, everybody. And I like that idea you mentioned prior to the interview. Maybe we should have a monthly book club chat. I don't know. Get the trend rolling there. There's not much else going on. We could read some books. I'm, I'm trying to bone up on my reading, you know, get get a few more words in the vocabulary. That's what my mom always taught me. If you read, your vocabulary increases. Yeah, and you can stop watching those TikToks over there, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might need to lay off TikTok, actually. I was scrolling through yesterday, and this is, uh, is kind of a wake-up call. I was scrolling so long on TikTok that, like, I guess they have an ad that's like, hey, you've been scrolling a while. Maybe you need to take a little break. We noticed you've been scrolling a while. Maybe it's time to get some water and some food or something. And I was like, man, that uh, that's kind of disturbing. So I'm going to take a break from TikTok. I'll uh, refrain from even bringing it up, honestly. But for now, I was really excited. Super excited, actually, to begin this process of reaching out to every single Wyoming high school football coach to ask them who we should be keeping an eye on this season. Now, we know that college football may not be happening in the fall as planned, but there have been no rumblings so far of the high school season getting postponed or canceled or anything like that, at least not to my knowledge. Now, if there have been, I'm sorry, I missed it. Please inform me. Please send me a link or anything really that conveys that message. We want to highlight every single team in the state's best player or a player that the coach feels should be getting some recognition. So we're going to start off with Roberts, alma mater. Roberts, a Cheyenne native. I know I've told you this before. He's also a Cheyenne East grad, a proud Cheyenne East grad at that. The man, like I said, he, he's got, he's got the appointment for steamboat. And we might have to set up a follow-up appointment to get east. I'm trying to talk him into the neck, but he doesn't really want a neck tattoo. That's fair. Anyways, he's going to tell us what Coach Goff's response was to our question about who we should be keeping an eye on. He's Coach Goff sent us an email. The kid's name is Dakota Heckman. He plays offensive line. Robert, give the people what they want to hear. Yeah, Dakota Heckman, two-way starter on the offense and defensive line. 
he will be a senior next season. He's an all-state offensive lineman last season as a junior. Here's what Coach Chad Goff had to say about his all-state offensive lineman. Dakota is a great leader. He treats all kids on the team with respect. He's great to our youth in the program and respected by our senior class. As a junior, Dakota was the leader on our offensive line and the voice of our defense. Being a team player, we were able to move Dakota around on the defensive side of the ball, and he accepted and trusted every move made. He is a team guy first. His leadership is one that I am hoping is modeled by the rest of the seniors. His character is tremendous, and Dakota is a leader in our school and lives his life the right way. We're going to rely heavy on what Dakota brings to our team. He will be the bridge between uniting the team, no matter the grade level or the player. And that's what Coach Goff had to say about his All-State offensive lineman, Dakota Heckman. Nice response there for our first uh, prep athlete shout-out. Hopefully we can get some more of these. We have some more of these ready for you guys in the near future, in the coming weeks. That was the first one, great one. I'm glad Coach Goff got back to us. Yeah, we want to shine a spotlight on as many high school kids in the state of Wyoming. So if you know your local high school football coach or any high school football coach in the state, tell them to reach out to us. Tell us about a player that we should be paying attention to. We want the listeners to know, to hear these kids. We know that East has a top flight quarterback as well, but it was nice to hear about Dakota an offensive lineman, one of the hog mileys, one of the guys grinding it out, putting his team quite literally on his back sometimes. So we wanted to get him the shine, the spotlight that he deserved. So it was well-deserved, according to Coach Goff. I'm excited to hear more about him and uh, watch him play this fall, see what he can do on the gridiron. I know Robert. And we talked about being cowboy tough from the University of Wyoming. But I know if you went to East, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder as well. You're a grinder. You do what it takes to get things done. And that's what Dakota sounds like he does for the Cheyenne East high school football team. So is there anyone, is there anyone that that reminds you of that is gone through that East program, Robert. I know you know the program real well as a grad and just a Cheyenne native. Is there anyone that that description brings to mind as well? A lot of kids, David. A lot of kids going through that program. Uh, grinders um, definitely grinded harder than I did. In the weight room, practice, can, I can say that for sure. I don't know, man. We What about Jacob Baumeyer? He was a guest on the Wild Sports Podcast, our very first guest. And look at look at where he's at now. Cheyenne East, Cheyenne East grad, Cheyenne East Thunderbird. Now he's playing on Sundays, hopefully. So, yeah, there's uh, one for you. Um, a lot of guys, man. I can't just single guys out right now. I know I just said Jacob, but he's... He he was our very first episode, the guest on our very first episode. So, got to give a shout out there. 
Yeah, you got to shout out Jacob Bobemeyer. He was our first professional athlete on the podcast. He's not technically a poke, but he is a Wyoming native. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good for a first guest. And if you weren't around, you weren't listening back then, go back and check out that podcast. Jacob Bobemeyer talking about playing for East as well in his interview. So that was who I thought of initially as well. Great interview with Jacob at the very beginning. He was he gave us a lot of information about being a long snapper in the NFL and the journey that he was on, the path that he took to get there. Yeah, you don't hear a whole lot of interviews with long snappers. So it was cool. It was cool. I guess the most famous long snapper is probably Nate Boyer. And he's more famous for just being an American patriot than he is for his long snapping abilities. There's not really a whole lot going on in the sports world. We're waiting, biting our nails, fretting, getting very, very frightened that college football might not be back in the fall. So that's the biggest news really from this week. We'll try and talk to Michael Katz on the podcast next week about his interview with AD Tom Berman. If not, I promise you we will have a fantastic guest for next week on the podcast. Until then, let's hope that some news comes through the wire. That way we can start talking about it. We'll bring it. We'll be back next week on the podcast on Wednesday, just like we are every week. Last week, aside, it was a holiday. I wanted a break. I was selfish. Robert was ready to record the podcast. So if you want to give anybody some grief, it's me. I deserve it. I just wanted to, you know, take a nap on Wednesday afternoon. That was really what happened. That's that's the truth of the matter. I apologize. I let the listeners down. But we'll be back every week, Wednesday, for the foreseeable future. There are no more holidays on the horizon. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mr. David Graff. You can follow Robert on Twitter, at Armunoz307. Holding it down for the state of Wyoming, like I've said many, many a time. He's here for you. We'll be back again next week with another opportunity to highlight a Wyoming high school football player. We've reached out to a bunch of coaches. We've gotten some responses. We can't wait. We hope for some coaches to send in some videos that we can share with you guys so you can hear the fire in the coach's voice when he's talking about this individual player. We hope to have some of those for you next week. We'll be sure to follow up with those coaches. If you know a high school football coach, don't hesitate to, you know, tap them, tap them on the shoulder, point them in our direction. Say, hey, these guys, they're begging people, begging high school football coaches to swing through and tell us about their most impactful player going into this season, the guy that we should shine a spotlight on. So please do that for us, as well as continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We're enjoying all of you guys. We love all of the ratings, every single review. And if you want to throw a few shekels our way, 
never hurt. Never hurt. I can maybe buy Robert something that's not a Miller Lite next time we get together in person, hopefully soon, in Cheyenne or Laramie. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. Go Pokes, as always. Yep, go Pokes. Thanks for listening, David. Lather up some sunscreen, my man, and stay off of TikTok. Baby